You know, everybody is unique and everybody has a story. And that's a powerful thing, isn't it? Because as we, as we share our testimony, as we share our story, we are, that's a powerful thing in itself because as we declare that, one, we're giving glory to God, aren't we? We're giving glory to God. The second thing is things happen as we give testimony. If there's any fear, it's turned to faith. You know, people can get healed. People can get saved. People, this stuff happens as a result of giving your testimony. So never, under, never underestimate the power of doing that. And the other thing is, it's simple, isn't it? It's your testimony. It's unique. It's, it's, it's about you. It's not about the next person. It's about you. So it doesn't matter how, how um, big or complex that could look like. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is it's you and God, and I just want to declare God's goodness. So all I want to do, is I just want to, we're going to just open this part of the meeting up, actually, for anybody here. And I'm really hoping someone's going to get up, because if not, we're finishing quite quickly. But you know what? If, if anybody would like to come up um, and just start the ball rolling with, 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 with giving their testimony. So um, here we go, Helen. <laughs> Hello everybody, um, the testimony I'm going to give this morning is going to be very short, it's just something that happened last year. Um, last year our son Victor came back from Southampton and he said to me and Victor that he will be taking um, one year sabbatical this year and Victor went, how many years have you walked you want to go on sabbatical, you've just started. And I just tapped him. I said, Victor, leave it. The hand of the Lord is in this sabbatical. I don't know what the Lord is going to bring, but Victor Jr. said, well, he wants to think about his life, um, do some software programs, do certain things. And anyway, when I said that the hand of the Lord is there, Victor said, oh, yes, that's true. It might be so. And what I'm saying is actually, when I was saying that the hand of the Lord will be there, it is true actually, the hand of the Lord is there. Because without him being on sabbatical, I wouldn't have anyone to stay with me at this time. He is the one that is filling all the papers, with Richard of course, directing him. I wouldn't know what to do, this technology baffles me. I don't know where to start and so I, got, I give God all the glory that he is with me, sorting out things, filling the forms, going there and there, what I can do. The only thing I'm doing is, mommy, please sign your signature here. And I will put my signature. I don't even ask, what is the signature for? I just say, okay. I can't get my head around this. So please, I just want to thank God for his greatness. And God put every one of us in the position for today, knowing that he will take Victor. Praise God. Thank you, Helen. We, we continue to pray for you and your family at this difficult time, don't we? But yeah, who's next? Big statement. Capture. I'm a special creation of God. So you are. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a lot to say. As usual. Um, can I just say two testimonies, please? Yeah, 
you know that I work in a um, cancer center. Uh, you see patients every day. Some patients stand out for you. I don't know why. This time, one was a patient who has got throat cancer who can't speak. They have got a tracheostomy tube. They can't, you know, nothing function above neck, basically. So um, I treated him. That was the, this, this particular thing happened on the third week. That is, every week he's coming. And the, the first two weeks, I treated him. So um, I was a little bit frustrated because he was frustrated and he was annoyed. Um, and um, the third week, when I saw him on my list, I thought, oh, I don't want to treat this patient. But anyway, what happened is I treated him anyway. I thought, okay, it doesn't matter. He's on my list. I'll do it. So he was so frustrated. Somebody, you know, um, said, she, she went to take the blood pressure and she said, oh, he's going to, you know, murder me now. That's what he feels like. You know, he's so angry because he, and I went to him and I said, um, I did all the assessment and everything. Then I, I found out that he's so difficult because he can't blow his nose. He's severely, severely suffering from hay fever and it is just dripping and his eyes watering. He can't do anything. He's so, so... Um, and there is no support for the um, conversation. I found out that he doesn't have much support from home or friends. And um, it's an awful smell come from his mouth because he had got really bad um, mouth ulcers from the radiotherapy and everything. It's an awful situation. I can understand why it is. But anyway, um, you know, he was angry because he can't talk to me. And he was doing a little bit um, talking and I couldn't do the lip reading. So he was trying to say hay fever and I'm hearing, oh, you got fever, you got fever. Because if he has got fever, I can't go further. No, <laughs> And I thought, oh my God, okay, I said, I'm sorry. It's not your fault, it's my fault. I can't lip read it, it's my inability. So don't get you know um, upset about it. Then he got the, his paperwork and hay fever he wrote. And I said, okay, that's fine. So I went and did everything and later I felt like, I just want to sit with this patient. And I just went, um, I didn't even think about pulling a chair. I just sat on the floor with him holding his hand and said that it's okay. It's okay to feel frustrated and it's fine. And he looked at me right into my eyes. I never had somebody looked into um, my eyes like that, just going through, you know, through in, into your soul or a spirit, that's what I felt like. And he looked for a few seconds. Then I can see that here his um, eyes are getting watery, and then he said that I don't have any support at home, and you know all the uh, stories. Then I said I didn't say much about. It. I said God loves you, and it's okay to be frustrated, and I'm fine with it. And before he went, he said that thank you so much, and then he said that I love you. Then he said, that, uh, you know, um, thank you so much, and I love you. He said, show the, um, you know. And I thought, you know, I just literally felt the love of God towards him. That's what I felt like. Fourth week, he came. You know, first thing I was seeing is he was coming through that door, and he was looking like this. As soon as he saw me, the smile on his face, I never forget it. And I know that he was seeing Jesus in me. And that day when I came back and just said, Johnson, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't see Siji there. He did see Jesus there. And Jesus is loving through us. And um, I'm so, what I feel like is, you know, the butter, which is kept in the freezer, like this. I was like that before. Now, I feel like 
I'm the butter in the other day when we had the hottest temperature feel like this. So probably that's what he felt, you know, and it's amazing to see what God is doing through us. And every single person here, a special creation, to be used like this. Second one, do I have time? Second one, um, in my, um, you know, my high school time, we did have, a, we, I recently joined in a WhatsApp group where all the high school um, friends, they're in a part of the group. And um, I was not very nice person. That, oh, I don't know what, 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 nice person, yes, nice in one way, but the other way I was a little bit, you know, um, boasty person, I would say. Um, and there's a little bit competition going on between people, like, you know, in academically and, you know, oh, anyway. So I presented myself as a not very nice person, uh, or I felt like, I don't know how did the other people perceive, but that's what I felt like. Anyway, since I joined this one, the 31 years later, I'm seeing all these people. I haven't met one, only one or two people since then. Then I started to have a chit chat and everything, and one of the person, he, you know, he said something, and then we started to chat personally. Um, then uh, that person, we did have a kind of invisible tug of war, like a competition. He didn't like me, and obviously I didn't like him at all because I felt like he is just projecting uh, himself all the time, and he felt like that I am, a, you know, a, a kind of competitor against him. So um, we did have a kind of really bad. Um, relationship during that time and then we chit chat and he said that oh I didn't know that we could make friends like this and then gradually I started to uh, you know felt like to say about my testimonies about the love of God and everything he resisted first then he just started to listen and uh, then he said that I do have a lot of questions He's um, from, from Roman Catholic background, and um, I have got a lot of questions. And when I try to ask, the priest asked me to shut up. You shouldn't be asking this question. And I really wanted to get answer from that one. And I feel, and I did ask God, God, this is my questions. Answer me or send me somebody. And I feel like you are there. And uh, I, you know, I shared my testimony, and he said that, no wonder you behaved that way that time. And now I can see, I can see two different persons, and I said that the old CG was beyond cross. Now the CG is passed through the cross and on the other side of the cross. And that's a two different people. That is called newborn. That is called new creation. Do you want to born again? He didn't answer yet. Pray for him. <laughs> I've got a testimony, and then, yeah, I've got, give it. I'll do mine in a minute. I praise my God Almighty for keeping me alive today. My name is uh, Deva Prasad, and I am the only father-in-law of uh, Robin Daniel <laughs> and Divya's father. I come from South India. I am the third generation Christian in the family. Our families were converted by London Missionary Society missionaries. And our parent church was built by one of the great missionaries, uh, the late Samuel Metir. Our church is known as Metir Memorial Church in Trivandrum, the biggest church there in Trivandrum. I was born in a Christian family. 
i am i i am the eldest son in the family if i am taking a little longer please bear with me uh, you know in uh, our family my father wanted me to become a pastor so from the childhood he uh, my family dedicated me to become a god servant okay after i became a graduate i thought if i become a pastor i won't be able to make a lot of money i wanted to become rich so i went to study hotel management and after studying i started working in hotels so during that time some good habits came to my life like smoking and uh, drinking a little bit and things went on like that three years i worked in india then uh, i got a job in uh, one of the arabian gulf countries bahrain i worked there for few years i got married i got a child my divya was born during that time then in 1982 i was selected as a bartender in one of the big hotels in dubai ramada hotel dubai that was a turning point in my life then when i took that job i promised myself i will not take any alcohol i could keep that promise almost for 6 months then you know the pub where i was working dirty nelly pub there were lot of europeans coming to drink there sometimes they used to offer one for you and one for me at uh, first i never used to take it then i said what wondering what difference will it make so slowly i started drinking one became two two became four four became eight eight became 16 like that you know at the height of my drinking days i used to take more than one bottle of scotch whiskey every day you all get up in the morning and you take a cup of tea or coffee in the morning my drink was go to the place where i keep my bottle take a glass pour half of alcohol it doesn't matter what alcohol it is as long as it's alcohol i was happy sometimes i used to straight drink otherwise pour little water and drink i had no other thought only the, the one thought when can i have the next drink that was all i my thought was in between i used to stop for sometimes i stopped six months three months two weeks one week finally it was difficult to find me without alcohol for one hour one hour without alcohol it was difficult sometimes i used to cry how can i get out of this habit sometimes sometimes my uh, wife used to tell me that's enough we will still stop drinking said i'll promise okay i'll stop only for few hours again i will start so one day uh one of my friends who was even drinking more than me he stopped drinking and uh, he was a sales manager for a big liquor company he used to visit us in, in the meantime i got many promotions and i became a head bartender and bar manager and all that 
but my habit there was no change everybody was praying for me even i was praying you know from the childhood we we were taught certain things like uh, every morning we had to pray every evening before going to sleep we had to pray every meal before every meal we had to pray like that you know sir sometimes i used to sit and pray before my meal so some of my friends are you a christian yes but maybe they are thinking you he is a christian and he is drinking so much what sort of christian he is anyway what happened one day i told him i also want to stop drinking you help me he said okay i will call you one day so one day he called me 4 o'clock i will come and pick you up he never told me where he is going to take me or what he is going to do so before going for the meeting i had a nice sweet drink i went with him that was a small fellowship arranged for specially for alcoholics or addicted people the person who gave the message was an alcoholic for 28 years and uh, that day he said till today depending on your will power you try to stop drinking but you couldn't today you pray to jesus who came to this world lived for you died for you and even living for you today you pray to him to control your life that was 24th august 1992 i prayed when i prayed i was drunk but god heard my prayer the drink which i had before going for that meeting was the last drink i last alcoholic drink i had in my life when i look back how i could stop drinking i have no clue solely because of his grace otherwise i would have been dead long back without food you know we used to say liquid food is better than solid food so just drinking 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 but god is so faithful he helped me to stop drinking then till 2002 i worked in dubai and when i went back to india i don't know maybe my uh, parents prayer i went to attend a small gospel meeting and uh, i i was invited to take up a job in a missionary organization i was willing to do anything for the person who saved me so i took up the job i had no experience what is gospel work or how to do things but the director of my uh, organization grace ministries of india he taught me a lot of things i traveled most of the states in india organizing big big gospel meetings and i am thankful for god to make me uh, uh, a small tool in his hand and use me for his glory now only our only prayer is to show jesus through our lives every day we are praying uh, my son in law and my daughter they are teaching us a lot of things my you know after coming here this time i was using glasses for reading for more than 26 years 
now i can read without uh, using my glasses i got good eyesight now and god healed me from lot of illnesses and i am very strong and in the meantime let me tell you even though i was an alcoholic i could donate blood more than 105 times so god gave me strength and health to do that even now i am very healthy i am only 67 years old and as long as i live we want to show jesus through our lives i request all your prayers thank you very much for giving me this opportunity and bless you all thank you That's the love and power of God in action, isn't it? Okay, who's next? Morning, everyone. I want to stand here and give God the praise and thanks for um, something that happened a few weeks ago back in May, not to myself, but to my son-in-law. I just thank God that when we pray protection over our families, we just don't know what God does. We've got no idea sometimes. You know yourself when you're sort of walking a street and you step out into the road and suddenly there's a check in your spirit and you stop and then a motorbike that you hadn't seen behind a car comes whizzing by and you say, thank God, thank God I didn't see that. And what he does for us and our families is amazing. On this particular day in May, I remember it because um, we were catering for Lighthouse on that day. Um, and I had no idea what was happening. And I always pray protection over my families as they go about their, their work. And I found out later, my son-in-law told me, that day there was a horrific crash on the A14 between two lorries. He was on his way to work. He works for Everest Double Glazing. And he was just in a position to overtake this lorry on the A14, sort of halfway um, overtaking the lorry, when suddenly he felt the need to look over to the other side of the reservation. And there was a lorry behaving really erratically and strangely. And he put on his brake really sharply which caused a lot of problems with the traffic behind him, a lot of swerving and tooting of horns and what have you. But to his horror, he saw this lorry coming straight through the central reservation, straight into the other lorry, and the two cabs collided. And he saw one man thrown out of the cab through the windscreen onto the embankment, and the other one was just, just stuck in his cab. So he and his um, partner, his, his workmate, um, his workmate ran across to the embankment and tried to do what he could for the man, where Paul went over and climbed up to the lorry, tried to free the man out of the cab, but he was in a really bad way, he couldn't get him out, so he went back to the work, his um, van, and got, um, was it Bob and Angle Grinder? And tried to cut him free. Um, uh, some other people came to help, but unfortunately they weren't able to do this. And then apparently there was a spark which set the engines alight. There was a big explosion. But I just praise God and unfortunately the man died. The man on the other side of the embankment also died in, in his partner's arms. And I just thank God, I think, had he overtaken just a few seconds more, he would have been squashed in between the whole thing. He would have been no more. 
And I thank God for his protection. I thank God that he answers our prayers so amazingly. I thank God that he is a merciful God. His mercies are new every day. I thank God that he is gracious and hears our prayers. And we just don't realise and we are so fortunate to have such a loving father. So I thank God that he does protect us and our families. And often we don't know when or how, but he does. So I do, I just wanted to give public thanks to God for that. He is amazing. Thank you. I'll give you my testimony and then I'm going to ask Johnson to lead us in communion, actually. Um, some of you may know, but I've been studying for a number of exams over the last three years. And one of them has been the, um, has been a, the certified financial planner qualification. To, it's been really hard. Um, just to put it into context, out of 27,000 financial advisors in this country, there's only 915 who've got this qualification. So you can imagine how hard it is. And I've been started, starting this for the last three years. And what happens is you have an exam, which I passed. You have a case study. And you have three attempts in order to pass this case study. And as part of the... the, the um, you have to pass 21 standards um, and you have to hit 100% across all 21 standards in order to, to pass the, the case study part. I, I had my first attempt and didn't get through, second attempt didn't get through, had to get to my final attempt and I didn't get through. But um, this was quite unique because the examining body contacted me just to say to me that the examiners have made a, an appeal that they absolutely believe that I should be offered a fourth attempt, which is unheard of, because the standards are what they are, the process is what it is, and therefore you fail. But they have absolutely said, we, will we need to appeal. They, they, they appealed on my behalf, and they said they'd give me a fourth attempt, which I did do. Um, didn't get through. The examiners come again and said, we absolutely believe he can do this. Oh, we need to give him a fifth attempt. This is absolutely unheard of, but I know God's in the background here. <laughs> Actually, not in the background. He's in the center of everything here. <laughs> and he's obviously doing, he's fighting my cause here because he wants me to get to where I need, to, where he wants me to get to. So I, so I did my uh, fifth attempt and um, it nearly broke me, to be honest with you. It's been three years, it nearly broke me. I, I've never come across anything so awful in my whole life, this, this particular study thing. Um, and um, thank the Lord, but uh, two weeks, three weeks ago, I actually passed. So, um, <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. But it, even though it nearly broke me, I knew that God was with me and, and I could never do this without him. You know, it's, I came to the end of myself in all this, but... He helped me, so thank God for that. So what I'm going to do now is this is all part of testifying to God's goodness. Johnson is going to lead us in communion together as a body, okay? And then we'll move on to any more testimonies if there are any. So Johnson, can I? If the uh, people who serve can... Uh, Get ready and come forward, please.
Once upon a time there was a lover, and the lover said to his love, How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine. And the fragrance of your perfume more than any spice. Your lip, lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. Milk and honey are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with choice of fruits, with, with henna and nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon. With every kind of incense trees, with myrrh and aloes, and all the finest spice, you are a garden fountain, well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. This morning we prayed how thou art, how great thou art, and this is how our bridegroom sees us. This is how our Lord, our Redeemer, our God, Jesus Christ, sees us. This is our actual identity. We abide in him. God raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. We are unblemished, not because of anything good in us, but because of him. But because of his righteousness, but because of his ultimate sacrifice on the cross. So this morning, when we come to pop, uh, take part in the communion, we don't look into our situation. We are no, not in the miry clay anymore. We have been handpicked hand from, uh, from, uh, from our disgraceful past and washed with precious blood of Jesus Christ. And are clothed with his righteousness. Nothing to do with us. It's his righteousness. And he declared, every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Today, when we come to take part in the communion, come with thanksgiving. Come with solemn heart, remembering what our, our Lord, our Savior, did for us on the cross. This is our testimony. This is the gospel. And we declare, his death on the cross when we take part in this communion, when we take part, when we eat the bread, when we, we drink the uh, juice, we declare his death. We declare the gospel. Praise the Lord.
Thank you, Johnson. We should never ever underestimate what this is all, what communion is all about, should we? Never take it for granted. You know, um, Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for us and without that we wouldn't be here. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. Um, it, we, we will continue with testimonies if there are any more at all. Is, is there any more? Yes, okay. That's all right. Okay. We're with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This doesn't come easily to me. So, um, good, good morning, everyone, if it's the morning. Um, so, I've been listening to some preaching on the telly, and um, I got all excited. I wrote it all down. I thought I'll talk to you all today. Um, this preacher was going on about the power of encouragement, that we're on a voyage of life. Um, that we should um, speak good words to one another, build each other up. And then he quoted from the Bible, 1 Thessalonians, he said to encourage each other, build each other up, just as you are already doing. Hebrews 3, encourage one another daily, um, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And then in Acts, it says... Um, Brothers, if you have any words of encouragement, uh, to come and give it. And encouragement must be spoken. Uh, speak words that encourage others. It's no good smiling at people or sitting there and thinking happy thoughts. So I was full of all this excitement to come and share this with you. And then this morning, I thought, I can't do it. I'm too scared. I'm too nervous. I can't stand up here. And then my morning reading this morning was from Hebrews. Um, I was reading through chapter 9, and I got to um, verse 16, and it said, For where there is a testament, there must also of necess necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. And the way I read that and understood it was it's not about me. It's not about me feeling nervous to stand here and talk to you, although this doesn't come easily to me. This is about Jesus. I've got so many testimonies, I don't know where to start. I'm sitting there thinking, what can I tell you? Um, I'm trying to think which one I can tell you. So many things have happened, but I give God all the glory because without him... I am just nothing. I can do nothing without him. Um, trying to think. Maybe this time last year, um, I had a situation at work. Uh, I would go in every morning. Please tell me if I'm taking too much time. I'd go in every morning and just say good morning and get on with my work. And um, I noticed after a while there was one particular person who ignored me. She just wouldn't say good morning. I thought, what have I done wrong? You know how you kind of think, well, what am I doing? So I went up and, are you all right? <clears throat> she turned her head like that and ignored me. And I thought, oh, okay, so carry on. Just day in, day out, go into work, do your best. That's what we're supposed to do. Turn up, keep going. And I'd, I'd deliberately say good morning. And she would deliberately turn her head like Miss Piggy used to do, you know, like that big, big drama. 
And I thought, she's much, much younger. She's age of my eldest son. <laughs> and I was like, mm, you know. Um, so I thought about this. And I thought, what, what's she got? You know, what, what's wrong here? And I kept just trying to be polite, do my job. And weeks went by, and every meeting that we had, she would say something to cut me down in front of everybody. And I just ignored it. I thought, okay. But I could see my colleagues kind of looking uncomfortable. And I didn't say anything, because <laughs> that's just not me. Just carried on. Um, and again, weeks went by. And then, uh, before Christmas, um, I realized that this person was checking all my work and going through everything I was doing, trying to find fault with anything that she could, and reporting me to a manager for it. And I didn't know this was going on. I was just carrying on going to work and doing my job. And uh, my manager called me in, and she said, um, Lynn, what's, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. I'm just... And she said, well, we're, we're going to have to meet about this. And she said, this is very serious. You need to take up um, a grievance, put in a complaint, because you're being bullied. And I thought, no, I don't want to do that. What, what do I want to do that for? I'm, I'm looking at taking early retirement soon. So uh, I've done this, done my job almost 30 years and been a nurse for nearly 40 years. And I thought, I don't want to retire with this big cloud over me. That's what I'll be remembered for, and I don't want that. That's not right. But then I kept praying and praying about the situation. And the Lord said to me, you know, you should pray for your enemies, and you should love people who hate you. <laughs> and I thought, I've got to pray for this woman. So I started praying for her, really praying for her, every single day, morning and night. And I had no anger in me, no fear of her. I just carried on doing my job and turning up. And my manager met me weekly. She said, this is really serious. You need to take out a complaint. I don't know how many people told me I needed to put in a complaint. And I just dug my heels in. I said, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and um, sorry if I'm taking too long. But um, basically, uh, sometime around about early early New Year, um, we have something at work called WhatsApp. I'm sure most of you know what that is. It's kind of, we keep in touch with one another so everyone in the team can see what that person's written. And I was running late for something I needed to go for, and one of my colleagues was worried about me, so she texted me and she said, are you okay? And I said, I'm so sorry, I'm running late, I'll be there soon. And um, this particular person put it out on WhatsApp. Well, what can you expect? It's people of that age, they, you know, you can't teach them new tricks. And this, she, she said quite some really cutting things. And I was hurt. I was hurt. I prayed for her, prayed, <laughs> kept praying, and um, didn't think anything more of it. And then um, my manager called me in, and she said, Lynn, are you aware of what's been put out there on WhatsApp? I said, yeah. So she said, well, your colleagues can't take it anymore. Five people have complained about her. We need you now to step in. We just need you, and we'll remove her. She can go. And it would have been so easy to do that. But I 
thought, no, I don't want that. I'll go, and then for the rest of my days, I know she got ousted out because of me, and that's not right. I could meet her one day in the street, and that resentment will be there between us. So I thought, no, I've got to still keep praying for her, still keep loving her. So um, I said, no, I won't do it. And I just gave it to the Lord. What is going to happen now? Because it had got to a situation that she now hated everyone in the office because she knew people had gone and complained about her. I hadn't done a thing, but other people had seen it and had enough. And I swear I didn't pray anything bad. I prayed for her every day that the Lord would open her eyes and touch her heart and bless her. And she came in one day and she was ill. She became very ill. She had to go off sick. She'd been off for months and months and months. I was praying for her. And um, something happened to her, which I don't want to go into. But she came back to work a few weeks ago, and it was really hard. Um, I was in the coffee room, and she came in first day. And I just said, good morning, welcome back, with a big smile on my face. And she just, oh, hi. Oh, it's really hard coming back. And it just broke the ice. And you know, I just love her now. I just love her. She's just so lovely. She's just young and wanting to make this old one <laughs> look like I'm not quite, you know, using the speak that the young ones use. And I just feel that without Jesus, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done it at all. And, and now my manager says, you know, this woman is a different person because she's really had time to reflect think about what she did so it's nothing I did this is Jesus working through me and I'm just so grateful thank you for listening <laughs> um, okay I've got some couple of notes I'll leave it there but I've got a couple of notices the first one was uh, men's barbecue despite what the board was saying it's actually Friday, this Friday, this coming Friday at 7 o'clock. Is that right, Robin? Yes, it is. Okay, so now you've heard it from Robin. It's this Friday at 7 o'clock at, at his house, uh, just for the men. So um, basically just turn up if you want to go. So um, bring your own food. Yes, bring your own food. There it is. So um, there it is. Friday, 7 o'clock on, yeah, at Robin and Divi's house. That's good. And I think, Lynn, you had a notice as well. Is that right? That you spoke to Leo about? What, what is it? The Eurovision um, praying, for, praying for Great Britain. And we had a meeting um, <laughs> two weeks ago at the Deco and David Hathaway and very eminent politicians and Christian MPs are all gathering together on the 31st of August, and we're all meeting in Wembley Arena. We couldn't get everybody in um, at the other venues in London, in Westminster. So this is the last chance, David Hathaway says, that we have got in this nation. We are praying for this nation to be saved. We've all been praying for Boris Johnson and, and whoever leads this country forward. So what Richard said this morning, I was just so... The Lord just pushed me up there to say, get up there and tell them about it. So um, if anyone's interested, they want details, it's going to be quite a big, big event. So, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. So um, 
we'll just finish with prayer and um, and there's also a couple more things up there they've just mentioned about as well. Oh, Robin's got one now. What? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Robin. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for today. Thank you that we testify to your goodness in our lives. Thank you that we are here because of you. Everything is because of you. And Lord, I just want to say thank you. God, bless all those people who are away and those people who are going to go away, Lord. Keep everybody safe. And uh, may people just spend time with you through this summer period. And uh, yeah, bless each and every single one of us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. And remember the, the bowls here for collection at the back and at the front. So um, yeah, and see you next week.